Hey, Bucketheads, it's Joe with Hat CBB DFS, and we are back. We are back again. And James, I got to ask you first, when are we going to get some lyrics to that track? <laughs> I'm not going to be writing those lyrics, but it'd be nice what? to have them. Maybe one of it's, our Bucketheads. Yeah, it's it's a, it's the jam. It, it really is. It is Bert, the jam. That's a good find by you, buddy. Yeah, that's a real strong jam. It is. Hey, uh, we are back here. Um, we got the Saturday slate a little bit early. Um, had a little conversation on a Thursday and decided let's knock out a podcast for our bucket heads uh, covering that Saturday 11 a.m. slate. Uh, full disclosure, we're recording this Thursday night. We're still going to write up the Friday slates as usual, um, but we'll drop this one for you as well on Friday. Give yourself a chance to listen. Get that advantage going into that 11 a.m. slate. Sounds good. All right. So we're going to do it like we did last time. We're going to break eight games down into different tiers and where we kind of see them fitting in. Um, we're going to have Bird go through that. But before we do that, if it's all right with you guys, I want to do a quick shout out. Our CBB DFS logo that we're very proud of, that was designed by a friend of ours um, whose name is Eric Lee. Eric Lee is a Chicago-based conceptual pop artist. Um, like legit artist. Um, you can find his stuff at worksbyelee.com. He's uh, done work all over the world in Barcelona, London, Chicago, obviously, New York, Amsterdam, Osaka. Um, he's worked with Nickelodeon and Lyft and the Hubbard Dance Company. He's uh, just a phenomenal artist. He's got some cool stuff on his site. Check it out. It's worksbyelee.com. Quick shout out to Eric. And if he's listening, thank you for the logo. We love it. We've got it on some merch and we'll have to get some merch out. Yeah, I've got a I've got a Spider-Man print uh, from from Ely that is up in my basement and it is fantastic. Yeah, it's he it's good stuff. He does he does some really really fun conceptual pop art, a lot of street art. His work's all over on the site, so definitely go check it out. With that being said, um, and that shout out given, let's let's get on to the slate. Okay, it looks like we have eight games on the docket for Saturday. Bird, just like last time, why don't you uh, start us off with the games that we have categorized as uh, something we want to not go overboard with, something we want to shy away from? So we have one game listed under the don't go overboard, and that's UCLA at Notre Dame. Notre Dame's an eight-point favorite. So again, we're recording this on Thursday. So we're using Ken Palm lines, which is usually pretty close to what Vegas ends up falling with. So Notre Dame is an eight-point favorite, over-under of 136. And not surprising with UCLA's 282nd tempo. And uh, Notre Dame doesn't play really fast either at 198 in tempo. So game we certainly don't want to go overboard on. No, Notre Dame's lost two or three, and UCLA hasn't been super exciting this year. So I, I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on that one. A year ago would have been at the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> would have been a Fact. great game. In fact, that would have been a lot of fun. But let's go. Let's go ahead and just move on to our next group, our our tread water group. These are kind of our mid pack games. What do we What do we have here? So we've got four games listed here. Oregon uh, versus Michigan is the first one. Michigan's going to be around a three point favorite with an over under of one thirty seven. Uh, Oregon does play pretty slow, and they're both good defenses. There's some There's some elite players that are available in that game as well. And so that's why we certainly don't want to cross that game off our list. Uh, another one we have is Seton Hall versus Rutgers. Seton Hall is going to be around a three-point favorite with an over-under around 143. And I can tell you right now there's going to be a lot of people that are going to bet Rutgers because they all they do is win at home, right, James? Yeah, they do. And uh, they're pretty good this year, uh, as we've mentioned on here before. And that'll be a fun game to watch. You get some regional action, a couple teams there that uh, have some so a little bit of momentum and uh, great fan bases. Should be a blast to watch. Yeah, that one's going to be really strong. Uh, another game that we have in this tread water section that we're interested in is Georgia Tech uh, at Kentucky. 
Kentucky is going to be sitting around a 14-point favorite with an over-under of 136. A pretty big line there, pretty big spread, um, but a couple teams that we have some players that we certainly uh, may want to use in our lineups, and, and so we want to dip our toe in the water there. Yeah, and the final- I was just going to say on that one, The only this is the one that I was thinking about making a, a maybe not go overboard with because I think there's some serious blowout risk here. I know Ducky's still battling with some injuries. Georgia Tech just hasn't done much for me this year. That's the only reason why. Uh, it landed here because there is some good talent and we like the over-under and of course Georgia Tech does play with tempo but this is one that I, I for me personally I, I would maybe drop down a couple yeah I, I agree and, and Hagen's is priced up to 7700 and Richards is up to 7500 yeah. so their pricing's caught up a lot it really has and then we got one more in here right we got one more that's St. Louis at Auburn and that's uh, Auburn's 11 point favorite with an over-under of 137 St. Louis will get to play a pace-up game there. Auburn likes to play fast. So, so that game should be interesting. I, I agree. Um, St. Louis got some fun players, and, and that pace-up could be interesting. But uh, I, I'd be interesting to see how that one plays out. Yeah, and St. Louis is, uh, I think, one of those teams that we uh, – they only have one loss, which is the Seton Hall. Um, they haven't played a ton of really good teams. So it, I don't think we're quite sure how good that team really is. Um, so that should be an interesting one to watch too. And honestly, James, you can kind of say the same thing about Auburn. You know, anytime they've played anybody of any merit, they've, you know, played them tough. Like Furman took them to the wire. Davidson gave them a contest. You know, they've had some challenges with some of these mid-majors as well. So that'll be an interesting game. I think 11's a little big. um, But at the same time, we got it in this mid-slate because there will be some plays out of it. Yeah, and that game is in uh, Birmingham, I think. So that's um, kind of a semi-home. Yep, I saw that. And then, Bird, we got the the last group (laughs) are... Sorry, our expose yourself to this. No, um, our dive in section. Um, if you're going to get D gobs, I'm going to get expose yourself um, <laughs> as standard yeah. language. Uh, our, 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 three, our three female followers are just loving this expose yourself <laughs> section. <laughs> so, all right, we'll go dive in for the sake of those three. Uh, what's our, what do we got for our dive in section here? Yeah, so here we've got uh, Xavier at Wake Forest. Uh, Xavier's three point favorite over under of 141. Wake Forest does push tempo. They play 103rd pace, and they don't play any defense, 109th uh, defensively. So Xavier may have some good options there. And we've played a few Wake Forest guys throughout the year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, another one here is Memphis at Tennessee. Should be a really fun game to watch. Tennessee is going to be around a six-point favorite with an over-under of 142. And Memphis likes to get up and down the court. They're 10th in tempo. Uh, so you get a nice pace-up game there for Tennessee. Joe, what are your thoughts on Tennessee? We really haven't had them on the slate a whole lot this year no we really haven't and obviously it's a it's a lot different team than last year's uh squad with admiral schofield and grant williams but bowden's still there turner's still there they got a good looking freshman and josiah james that i'd like to see more of but like you said we haven't really seen much of them this year and they're just kind of rick barnes is just kind of doing his thing again yeah they were seemed like they were on the slate every weekend last year with grant williams mm-hmm. and and with those guys, and, and Barnes has a huge recruiting class coming in next year. So Tennessee's playing probably better than expected this year, and I think they're going to continue to play really well in the future. I agree. And then uh, what, who do we have to wrap this one up? So the last game we have listed is Syracuse at Georgetown. Uh, Georgetown is a four-point favorite with a over-under of 146. Uh, Georgetown plays 36 tempo, so Syracuse is going to get a nice pace-up game there. And Georgetown, you have to assume Mac McClung's just going to fire threes against that zone. Yeah, and James is the ACC guy. You got a pulse on Syracuse yet this year? Uh, they've been kind of all over the place. They're starting to put it together. Um, their last game, they played Georgia Tech, put up 97 points. 
before that, though, they uh, only put up 34 against Virginia, against Iowa, which they should have had a ton. They only had 54. Um, so they're a little bit up and down. Uh, they're very shooting dependent, uh, very Elijah Hughes dependent. <laughs> so I think they're they're a young team that's, that's really just trying to put it together at this point. So they're, they're probably going to be a little inconsistent. They're so well, Elijah Hughes dependent. I mean, he plays oh, yeah. every single minute <laughs> of that game, and he's going to shoot a ton. He really he's he's going to be 8600 on this slate, but he's probably worth it because of his usage. I mean, it's not like Georgetown's going to buckle him down or lock him down defensively. Yeah, crazy thing is, is his usage is only 23.8 percent according to Ken Palm, but I think he does so much assists and blocks and rebounds um, that it seems like he's in everything. <laughs> he's filling up stats across the board, but on offense, he's actually got a, a relatively low usage for just the type of player that he is. Right. And those ancillary stats are so important. You know, if you're ever looking to break a tie between guys, take a look at those rates, the assist rates, the block rates, you know, those people who do everything because Bird, I mean, that just raises a floor, right? Yeah, it completely raises the floor. And for, for Hughes, his his floor, he's very, very safe. He's had 34 DK points in seven of his last eight games this year. Um, and his price has is, is kind of stayed the same right around that 8,600 range. So yeah. certainly a high floor play because of, because of all that he can do. Yeah, 8,500, 4X of that is 34. So, I mean, that's pretty simple mass for a safe safe play. Yep. Bert, going back to you, um, if when you look at the whole eight-game slate, is there a game you have circled for good or bad? Maybe not even for DFS purposes. As a fan, is there one you're looking for the most? I'm looking forward to the Oregon-Michigan game. Um, I, I think both those teams have shown that they can be really, really good. Um, I think both those teams have shown that they can they can struggle at times, too. So, and Oregon's played just a crazy schedule. Their their non-conference schedule has to be amazing. They played UNC, they played Gonzaga, they played Seton Hall, they played Houston, they played Memphis, and now you've played Michigan. So uh, they're certainly going to be battle-tested. And once uh, Nafale Dante comes back, and if Shakir Justin can ever get healthy, uh, that team could be really, really dangerous in March. And Dante's out for Saturday, right? That was announced? Yes, Dante's out on Saturday, and then uh, Shakir Justin is also going to be out on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to be a little bit of a teaser when we get into some of our picks later. Oh, I like that. Excellent. James, any closing thoughts on the games in general before we get into our cash value GPP and bus plays? No, nothing specific. I think it'll be a a really good day for college basketball. There's a lot of fun matchups here, I think, just as college basketball fans. And uh, we'll get to see, uh, you know, some of these teams maybe differentiate themselves a little bit for the pack. So should be a good day. It's been a crazy week all in all. I mean, Tuesday was crazy with three undefeateds going down. Um, DK has given us some really quirky tournaments with some quirky teams on there. I can't think of a better word to describe it. Bird, uh, have you enjoyed this week of hoops? Yeah, it's been great. And James, Illinois must win last last night and they got it done. Yeah, absolutely. That was great to see. Um, I think Illinois is a team that's starting to kind of figure out their identity a little bit. Kofi uh, Coburn. Yeah, that's a good one. Good place to start. <laughs> you go on the road in the Big Ten, it's it's always a challenge. I think people tend to forget that every year, any conference really, but particularly the big conferences, Big Ten, it's it's tough to go on the road and get a win. James, I know uh, I know you were in transit with work, you know, the real job, as they say. Um, but did you by chance see Kofi clock that referee in celebration? I did. Yeah, that I did watch that. Nuts. That was yeah, insane. That, that went viral almost immediately, and uh, yeah, definitely felt bad. He went and apologized to the ref afterwards, even though it was an accident. And, uh, he's he felt really bad about it uh, in the interview in the post game. So he, he's a good, good, he's a good kid. 
No, I think he'll he'll probably be in a neck brace. So. <laughs> and then Bird, again, we'll get to CVGB, but I, I, since we're touching on some fan biases here, and me as the person who doesn't have a fan bias, when the next poll comes out, Ohio State or Kansas, number one in the nation? Oh, that's a good one. Doesn't Ohio State play somebody good this week, this weekend? Uh, let me check. They have Minnesota on Sunday. No, never mind then. It's I think Ohio State probably, probably deserves to be number one, but I think Kansas will be because they've got Kansas on their chest, and that's who the pollsters will vote for. So uh, a week from today, just because I have their schedule pulled up, uh, they play Kentucky on December 21st. So that's circle that. Okay, guys, um, excellent discussion there. We've given you a look at the uh, eight games, the 16 teams that are going to be tipping off at 11 a.m. on Saturday. Um, like we do on all of our pods for these Saturday slates, now we're going to get into our CVGB picks, cash plays, our value plays, our GPP plays, and our bus plays. And let's just get it started uh, with our cash. Um, our cash guys are people who we think are going to cruise to an easy 4X. These aren't necessarily people who are going to break the slate, but people that you can put in your lineup safely and get those points. And uh, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with you, Bird. Uh, yeah, so I have for cash... Uh, Mac McClung, guard from Georgetown at 5,900. And who on earth would have ever thought we'd be playing Mac McClung in, in cash games? In cash, you're right. Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah, I mean, he is the biggest boomer bust guy on the planet. But now that Akinjo's gone, now that LeBlanc is off the team, it's the Mac McClung show uh, with Yurt 7 as kind of the secondary guy. Uh, that game has the highest over-under on the slate. And McClung's gone for 41 and 39 DK points since Akinjo's been gone. So he's a full-blown usage hog, alpha guard, and he makes he's a surprisingly safe option at that $5,900 price point. I agree. The one thing I will take homage with, though, is you did say that Yurt 7 was kind of a second fiddle, and I think it's really a shared it's a, it's a shared alpha role, one inside, one outside, and that leads us, James, into your cash play, right? Yeah, it sure does. And one thing I want to mention there, too, right now Syracuse is giving up 38% of opponents' points distribution as comes from three pointers. Um, so I think that does give uh, McClung a um, little bit of an advantage, a little bit of upside there. Sure. I, I went with your at seven actually partially because bird already took McClung. Uh, well, there's, there's a key stat that really stuck out uh, for me here. And that is your at seven is the number four offensive rebounder uh, in the nation in terms of offensive rebounding percentage. Syracuse is ranked 300 and defensive, Offensive rebounding percentages. In other words, they're they're letting teams get 32% of their offensive rebounds against them. So that's a pretty it's a pretty big swing from one to the other, right? So I, I think that that's uh, you know that that sort of thing. If he gets four or five offensive rebounds, maybe he gets some putbacks. Uh, maybe he scores six or eight points. You know, you might be sure. talking another 10, 10, 12 DK on top of maybe what he would normally get. And right. uh, so you know now you're talking you know maybe five X. 6x sure. territory so I, I i think that gives him a really nice floor uh at it the does. very least but I, I think you could play him in either really i, I agree and honestly at 8.3k his price is down a little bit i believe but it's uh he only needs 33.2 um to hit value and that that yeah. seems like you said a couple of putbacks on the offensive side and he makes that in his sleep yep yeah and, and foul trouble risk is maybe a little bit lower too syracuse doesn't really have a great offensive post player down low. And so maybe he can stay on the floor, play a few more minutes 
and always a weakness of his own is going to be offensive rebounding, yeah, and he's very sure. good at that. So good call. All right, guys, and then the wrap up the cash. I'll give you guys my cash play. This is this is the one that all the bucketheads want to probably play, um, as opposed to your guys's. Um, after all, I am leading this CVGB competition. Oh, um, <laughs> um, but I'm going to go with Najee Marshall from Xavier. Um, Najee's just a hell of a player. He had 58 DKs last time out. Um, he's a kind of player who runs streaky, and right now he's streaking on the positive side. Um, there's nothing scary about this Wake Forest defense. Um, we like the 141 over under. We like that Wake is going to pace him up a little bit, and I don't see anything that'll stop Najee from having a big day, especially at his price point. So um, Najee Marshall's my cash play. Yeah, Joe, you, you you talked about streaking. You've talked about exposing yourself. I'm I'm yeah. picking up a trend here. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And that that after dark CBB DFS after dark pod is going to be recorded <laughs> next. So. <laughs> Let's move on to our value plays. And uh, when we're talking about value plays, these are the guys we give you that are around that mid 4K range or less. You know, people who are clearly price savers and they're people who we think are going to get 4X value. So when you when you want to get one of these guys in your in your lineup, you know, you can kind of count on them to to set the tone for you. And again, not to toot my own horn as the leader, but. The value area is where I am 646, having hit um, correctly last time we did this as well. I'm 646 in value plays, so I might as well start and give people another winner. Um, I'm going Terrell Allen. This is the same game we've talked up, and we'll probably put Georgetown to bed after this one, but Terrell Allen is actually the point guard who's starting for Akinjo. He's 4.2K in both games that Akinjo has missed. He's played 30-plus minutes. He's recorded 23 DK. He's had a double-digit assist game, a 15-point game. Uh, this guy only needs 16.8 to hit the 4X that is required to be an accurate and correct value play. So for me, it's Terrell Allen for Georgetown. Uh, until his price adjusts to a 30-minute starter for a, a, an offensively advanced team, then we're going to keep playing him and keep keep earning that money. Yeah, and he's not just a rag that they, you know, that they had to throw in there. He was a starter, played a ton of minutes at UCF last year at point guard. Mm-hmm. So very experienced player. Um, really, he's played really, really, really well. He has. I mean, he's he's not a Kinjo, but he's he's done his job as an elder statesman. He can come in and run a team, and that's exactly what he's doing. Georgetown has played surprisingly well. I'm not sure how long that continues without the big pieces that they lost, but for now, let's ride the wave. James, let's go to you next for a value play. Who did you find in that under four and a half K range? Uh, the guy that kind of jumped out for me, and this is probably going to be a pretty under the radar play just because the team uh, doesn't show up a lot on slates. But uh, for St. Louis, I liked uh, Javante Perkins. Uh, he's a, a guard forward, um, so you can play him in either position. Uh, but the last three games, um, now the last game was they, they blew out Tulane and uh, he didn't play as much. But the two prior games before that, he played 37 and 33 minutes. Um, that was against SIU and uh, at Boston College. And uh, he ended up getting close to 6X in both of those games. So he's somebody that's clearly looks like he's emerged as a starting four on that squad. Uh, they obviously have a tough matchup uh, against Auburn. But, uh, you know, that, that's the, the minutes and the usage seem to be there. And when you're talking about, you know, $4,000, you know, he doesn't have to do a whole lot, uh, get a few buckets to go in and uh, grab a couple boards and uh, he can get there. Yeah. He's not shy about shooting either. He's got a 26% shot share when he's on the floor. So yeah, if he gets it, it'll sure. go up. Yep. 
Yeah, double-digit shots in three of his last four games and also has a nine-rebound game in there, too. So at 4,000, you could certainly do a lot worse. Everyone on that St. Louis team rebounds. It's crazy. All right, Bird, let's go to you and uh, get your uh, value play to kind of close this section up. Yeah, I've got another $4,000 play in a quasi-Yaboa forward from Rutgers. And Yaboa's minutes have increased increased over the last few games, Uh, and he actually started last game against Wisconsin on Wednesday. He's playing roughly 25 to 20 minutes in his last two games, and he scored 24.5 DK points in both of those. He had 17 points against Sparty, 17 real points. He had eight boards against Wisconsin. And now he's going to get a home game against the Seton Hall team without Mamu. And so this gives him a really great shot at hitting value at a, at a really cheap price point. He's Jaboa. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that's uh, – I, I like him. It looks like they're actually playing him at the small forward and also the at the four as well behind uh, Harper. But that's uh, – so he's a pretty versatile player. That gives him a lot of size on the wing. And uh, so I, I think that's a great pick, Bird. I like that too. And surprisingly, um, when we look at our GPP plays, which is the category we're going to get into next, these are the guys who we think are going to go beyond 4X. These are the guys that we think have a little bit higher ceilings. We have some lower priced guys in this range too, which is kind of an added bonus for the bucket heads out there. Um, so Bird, I'm looking specifically at your guy. Tell us about who you have in a GPP play here. Yeah, I've got CJ Walker from Oregon. Uh, he's a forward at 4,100. Uh, we mentioned at the beginning of the pod, uh, Shakir Houston is out uh, on Saturday. Nafali Dante has been cleared to play, but he is not going to be active for the game on Saturday. So C.J. Walker should start at the four. Um, he played around 21 minutes last game in a blowout, um, but he's he's been getting roughly 15 points or more in four straight games. His price has dropped $200 uh, recently. He's a high four-star recruit, super athletic, great defensive player, and with those key pieces missing, I just think he's got a lot of upside to be a guy who can get you 5X or more uh, on the slate on Saturday. Uh, I like that, too. Uh, yeah, I looked at his game ro- game logs. He's been really smashing lately, 24, 26, 23, and three of his last four. And he only needs 20 DK to hit 5X. So it seems like logically that makes a lot of sense. It seems like someone a lot of people should target. Um, I do want to say I have looked at his game logs a little bit. Um, did, did you concerned at all about foul risk bird or anything like that with those young players? I guess at this price, you're yeah, going to have fresh, to freshman you always worry about and you know, freshman you worry about a lot. And, and obviously there's some size with Michigan as well. So, so that's, that's certainly a concern, but at $4,000, I think it's really worth the, worth the risk to get, a true kind of alpha athlete, um, super athletic guy uh, who can do a little bit of everything, block some shots, get some rebounds, uh, maybe even do a through the legs 360 dunk like he did in high school. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, I'll, I'll co-sign there. And I, I'm not opposed to, you know, you can't play scared. You can't play with those, you know, with the thought that someone's going to foul out or get fouls. Unless it's Tillman from Missouri, you can't assume that they're going to get into foul trouble. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, my four, uh, my uh, GPP play, my uh, guy who I think is got a nice ceiling is also in the four thousand dollar range. This is, I'm gonna go with Miles Kale from Seton Hall. Um, uh, Miles Kale, we've talked about him before on our pod. We're we're fans of Seton Hall. We're Hall in here. Uh, Miles Powell gets all the headlines, but Miles Kale is someone they really trust, and when the game matters, he's on the floor. Now, um, 
this team just just lost Mamu, uh, Mamu uh, at the four. Uh, he's got a broken bone in his hand, so that creates a huge void. And Kale is someone with that guard forward tag, which is something we like, which is you know something that James pointed out with Perkins. Um, he's someone who has that guard forward tag that can give you a little flexibility. And at 4.7K, he's a guy who's easily capable to go out and get 25. Um, if uh, they want to go small, they can play Kale at the four in some of that Mamu minutes. If they want to go bigger, he can play the three. It just he gives them a lot of flexibility. He's a decent shooter, and he's someone who uh, is an integral part of what's still a pretty good Seton Hall team, even with the big loss right now. It sounds like Roden's going to play at the four as well uh, with Mamu out. Um, but he's I, I like Kale. I, they they trust him. They know what they're going to get from him, and he should get a little bit of increased usage as well. Um, so I, I think that's a really smart play, and certainly has some upside. I think he dropped a. 30 DK just a couple of games ago. Yeah, and he can do that, and he did that last year too. Um, that that's where I'm going with my GPP play. Um, James, what about you? I'm gonna stay in that game, and I'm gonna go up in price a little bit. And uh, I'm looking at Ron Harper Jr. Uh, as my GPP play. Uh, he's a guy that is at his lowest price point of the year right now at 6,200. Uh, dropped 800 since his last game uh, against Wisconsin, and he's hasn't had a couple. Uh, he's had a couple bad games, um, frankly. And but he he has gotten over five uh, x on a handful of occasions so far this year, and he's a definitely a a rise to the occasion kind of player. And I think the lights will be bright on this in this game, and this will be a big big time game as we talked about earlier for for both these teams. And so uh, I think it's a, a really good spot for him. Also with Mamu out, he's a guy that can go in and get some rebounds. You can play him at the guard at the forward. Uh, Sixty two hundred isn't uh, a ton of risk. Uh, but he's somebody that could have a, a pretty big payout. And I think this is a big stage for him and uh, it'd be a good good time for him to show up. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think the fact that Seton Hall wants to pay fat, play a little bit quicker, that that benefits uh, Harper's game. And I also when you gave me the when you gave me your list, James, my note on Harper was he feels due. He feels due for that game. Wouldn't you agree? Right. Yeah, I, I would agree. It just it feels like a moment for him, um, even though he's had some spotty production this year. I, I think he, he's a guy that likes the big stage. Well, and honestly, that's what these GPP plays are. I mean, these this is probably the hardest area to predict yeah. because, again, we have to have 5X. They have to hit 5X for us to earn a point in our competition. Um, so this is definitely the, the, the challenging area, and you have to kind of get into that gut instinct sometimes. Yeah, we've missed a couple GPPs, uh, you know, so far this year, but they've been like 4, 4X, you know, 4.2X. Sure. For sure. Not like they've been laying turds out there. This is a good pick. Price down, always a good time to, to try to strike on a guy whose price has just dropped. Absolutely. And then finally, our last group, um, our bust group. This is, Bird, this is where you're thriving. Bird, you're six for six in this group. So uh, since you're the, the leader uh, and looking to keep your 100% streak alive of picking bust plays, people who will finish under that 4X threshold, who do you got? Yeah, I love a good bust. Um. <laughs> <laughs> took you guys a while there. Um, so <laughs> I've got Jalen Hill from UCLA. He's a forward. Uh, he is priced down a little bit right now. He's down to 6,700. That UCLA game is one of our games that we said we didn't want to go overboard on. Has a super slow tempo, uh, the lowest over-under on the slate. And Notre Dame's really not bad defensively. Uh, Jalen Hill hasn't played more than 30, more than 23 minutes in four straight games. He's only scored 23 DK points once in his last five games. The game flow or the game environment, I'm just really not feeling Jalen Hill this week. I just don't see how he gets uh, to 4X, and if he does, it's not going to be much over it. I got gotcha. you. 
James, what about you? Who do you got for a bust? You got a high price guy, right? Yeah, I sure did. I, I took uh, Jordan Goodwin uh, from St. Louis at 8,700. Uh, so he's priced up pretty high. And this is honestly probably not somebody, I don't know. I, I think the the savvy bucket heads probably aren't going to play this guy anyway. Um, but if you go back and look at his his recent lines, recent production, it's, they're gaudy. Um, he's a big time rebounder. Uh, especially at his position size, but uh, two games ago I had a 19 rebound game, you know, 14 points. You know, even looking at it myself, I was tempted. To, <laughs> you know, maybe I should throw this guy in, but uh, the reality is, is, you know, again they're going uh, basically an away game and uh, uh, against Auburn, who is not only a serviceable, actually they're a pretty good rebounding team themselves. Uh, but they're also a really good shooting team. Um, they shoot 60% from two. That's fourth in the nation. They're going to make a lot of shots. I don't think there's going to be as many rebounding opportunities. Goodwin's the kind of guy that's, um, you know, is really going to need that, I think, in order to hit to hit the big number. But I, I don't think he'll be a terrible play, but I, I, I don't think he's going to get anywhere close to uh, to value. Yeah, and that that's uh, Auburn's 11-point favorite, so that puts Slew's estimated point total at 62 so right. I mean, you know, I'm probably not looking at a lot of a lot of Billikens there, um, unless you can find one one of the value guys. Um, and then to wrap it up, I'm staying in the same game. And James, I'm actually kind of mimicking your strategy last week. Last week for the Bucketheads who listened, you said stay off Trace Jackson Davis for Indiana, who had been blazing hot. And you said due to the matchup and everything, you didn't think. Uh, uh, TJD was going to get it done, and he didn't. He, he he really tanked, and anyone who followed your advice avoided that in their lineup. So I'm kind of following that same methodology this time, and I'm going with Austin Wiley from Auburn. Wiley has been really good, 4X over his last three. He played a season-high 29 minutes last game, but typically this is a guy who plays 18, 20, 22 minutes tops. He is a beast when he's on the floor. He gets, you know, a, a fantasy point and a half a minute, but he's now at 6.7K, which is 27 fantasy points for a guy with this low of scoring chops and for a guy that doesn't have uh, just a known pedigree of production. I, I just think uh, I'm staying away from him and he's going to be my bust this week. Yeah, his minutes really spiked up that last game, but that seems uh, to be outside the norm for him. If he does play 36, 38 minutes again, then you're in big trouble. But the oh, odds are that, yeah. that he's probably not going to. Yeah, and, and Auburn's not a deep team. So, I mean, he does have to play. But even when they haven't been deep all year, you know, and it just seemed like more of an outlier that they spiked last time. And I'm just – I'm willing to bet he'll come more back to his norm, more back to where he was last year, more back to where he was at the beginning of this year. So, Austin Wiley I have as my bust. Um, hopefully I can hit on that. It's actually probably the area where I've been the worst so far this year is in that bust, that bust category. So, yeah, that, his price has, uh, is significantly increased. If you look over, I mean, four games ago, he was 4,400. Now he's 6,700. Right. right. Um, so that's a, that's a pretty big jump. Uh, at some point, <laughs> you know, that's gonna, somebody will have to pay for that. So that's uh, for sure. I, I like it. Well, guys, that kind of puts a bow on us. Last week in our CVGB, we went 8 out of 12. We hit 75%, put us up to 58% for the year, um, which is up from 56 last week. I am the leader, as mentioned, uh, with 15 correct. I'm hitting on 63%. James and Bird are tied with 13 correct, hitting on 54% of their selections. And like last time, 
low guy on the totem pole has to close out our pod and take us home. And James, since you guys are tied right now and you had to take us home last time, Bird, guess what? Oh, man. You're on it. And then James and I get to sit and critique you. This is super stressful. (laughs) I've got the word pad open. I'm going to take some notes here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Bucketheads, we thank you again uh, for listening. Uh, We we love our Bucketheads. We're, We're here for you. Uh, we want to pro- we want to provide you as much information as we can, so you can make great lineups and, and smash a slate. So, uh, if possible, please sub- subscribe to our podcast. Please rate us. Uh, please leave us a comment. We would love to hear from you. Um, if you leave a bad comment, just don't don't do that at all. Just only nope. give us good comments. Otherwise, right. we'll be we'll be depressed, and we don't want hey, that. Didn't we get a new review? We did. We got a we got a review from Carrot Eater. Who, who loves CBB DFS, he loves us, and he loves carrots. Right. <laughs> He's, so, and probably uh, it's safe that. to assume he has excellent eyesight as well. Oh, man, that beta carotene is really good for your eyes. It's really good for your GPP plays. Um, yep. I think it's a really smart, uh, really sharp uh, vegetable to eat. And then, Bert, he, that just because he left a review doesn't put him in the fictional Hall of Fame we established last week, does it? It doesn't. If uh, if he can get his friends to leave reviews, uh, no, then yeah. he then he may get in. So, carrot eater, talk to <laughs> your vegetable friends and see if you can get some more comments for us. Uh, you can also follow us at cbb underscore dfs on Twitter. Uh, you can go to our website at cbb dash dfs dot com. Um, you can call James on his cell phone. Which is <laughs> no, no. Okay, oh. hey guys, guys. I, I just see a review came in from Tomato Eater, so it's working. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. Uh, we we really do. You know, we uh, we even though we you know, we're offering you know some free content here, we we really are engaged in this. It's something we really enjoy. It's a really like James said, it's a passion project for us, and we take it really seriously. Uh, we truly want our bucket heads to have the best information available. Um, and, and we just love seeing those tweets that come in that say, hey, you know, you helped me create a lineup that that, that took down a GPP this weekend. And so I hope we see that uh, on Saturday night. Uh, Joe and I will be out on Saturday night having some beers. So feel free to reach out to us. And uh, Joe, James, what have I missed? I think you got it, I think, buddy. I think you covered it. Happy birthday. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. Buddy. Yeah, Bert. Yeah, thanks guys. We are old. Old and old and wise. That's right.